Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS and the Now Podcast channel. Our conversation today will bring you up to speed on a range of developments within the Beltway and beyond. Uh, joining me here for the conversation, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So Shane, Happy New Year. It's great to be back. I know there's a lot already to catch up on here on the podcast. Looking forward to the conversation. Welcome back. Thanks, Dan. Good to be back with you. Hope you had a wonderful end of uh, 2022 and looking forward to an adventurous year with you in 2023. Likewise. Thank you, Shane. So yeah, let's get right into it. Maybe we can reflect on the week that was and thinking back to last week up on Capitol Hill, it was a bit of a roller coaster following maybe 15, 16 rounds. Kevin McCarthy of California was elected Speaker of the House of Representatives. So with that established, Shane, what are some actions the new Congress has already taken and what's on the agenda over the near term? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. I think it's a valuable lesson that I'll probably teach my kids is that if you at first don't succeed, try 15 times. Um, and eventually, uh, Kevin McCarthy became the speaker. And, you know, over the course of those 15 votes, you know, he, uh, and his allies, you know, um, made progress, we'll say, with those hardcore conservatives by working with them on, on, um, you know, some kind of, we'll say deals of what they want to see in this new Congress. You know, once they got that settled, you know, they went into kind of the procedural aspects of passing a rules package. And this kind of governs how the House will, um, bring up bills over the next, uh, two years, how it governs itself and just kind of the procedural aspect, which is obviously key. Uh, the next item they took up was a uh, bill to uh, repeal the additional funding for the IRS agents that was part of last year's Inflation Reduction Act. Um, you know, this is something that a lot of Republicans feel strongly about. They uh, oppose 87,000 additional uh, IRS agents in their words. So, you know, um, they've already hit the road running. I would say the 15 uh, votes to make Kevin McCarthy uh, speaker kind of set them back in, you know, the timing of some of these things, but they're picking up where they left off and they've already brought up some pro-life legislation. Uh, I think today they're passing some legislation that's dealing with, uh, the strategic, uh, petroleum reserve and how that is, uh, allowed to be used. So, you know, they're, they're often running, um, you know, early on you're doing a lot of messaging bills because um, you know, the, some of the more serious issues, you know, are slated to come up during the course of the year because, you know, of certain deadlines. But also, you know, the committee process is really um, has not started. And this is what happens every Congress. You know, the committees um, have to populate themselves with all the new members of Congress. And that's actually just happening uh, right now. You know, Republicans yesterday released a slate of um uh, new members will, who will get on certain committees. So this this opening period is a little bit of messaging, a little bit of housekeeping as they uh, move towards, you know, the more uh, normal uh, lawmaking uh, procedures. Okay, so it sounds like 
the house is off to a productive start with 12 days here into the new year. You did mention a few moments ago, Shane, the committees. I understand with the new Congress, we do have new committees emerging. Do you have a sense for what the new additions will consist of and who will perhaps be leading them? Yeah, and this is actually, you know, somewhat normal to some extent. You know, you see this happen every once in a while, you know, uh, you know, 20 years ago, we had the addition of Homeland Security Committee, um, and sometimes committees are consolidated or uh, powers are shifted. You know, uh, another example would be some 20 years ago, um, the Financial Services Committee kind of was uh, took some power from the Energy and Commerce Committee. So these sorts of things happen, but this is still notable, and this was part of some of those deals that um, – uh, Speaker McCarthy made with some of those hardcore conservatives. You have a new subcommittee on the Judiciary Committee about the weaponization of government, you know, and this goes back a few years um, where uh, conservatives feel that government is really targeting them. You know, you may remember about a decade ago, the uh, IRS uh, targeting scandal. So this is a continuation of that where they're going to investigate to see if, you know, government departments and agencies, in their view, are, are targeting conservatives. I think the bigger one, maybe for our purposes to follow, is this new uh, select committee on China. Um, as we remember from last year in the passage of that uh, CHIPS bill, which is uh, about semiconductors, a lot of people viewed it as an anti-China bill and really, you know, um, trying to build up. Uh, the U.S. Uh, economically and, and strategically uh, to be prepared and not so reliant on China in the future. So that was bipartisan. So one of being anti-China remains one of the few things that is still bipartisan. So we're going to follow this committee with great interest because while they go after issues like supply chain and, and military preparedness for China and a whole host of other issues, this could actually produce some uh, bipartisan legislation has a chance to become law. Um, so I, I think, you know, while the, that weaponization subcommittee may be getting the headlines, uh, the China uh, Select Committee may be the one that we should be following for the purposes of, you know, what impacts uh, markets and our economy. To your point, Shane, there will be a lot to track up on Capitol Hill as the year progresses, so look forward to doing that, though maybe we can take a step outside of Washington for a few moments and focus on the U.S. southern border, and we've spoken about the border several times here on the podcast thinking back to 2022, but there was a key development this week. Earlier this week, we did see President Biden. He made his first trip as president to the border to meet with officials. Any notable takeaways from the visit chain? Yeah, and this was on his way to Mexico for a summit. He stopped at El Paso to the border, and this comes after two years of Republicans making calls for President Biden to stop at the border. And, and you know, it was really, I think, necessary for him to stop because he couldn't probably sustain another two, uh, sustain another two years of Republicans uh, calling on him for go to the, going to the border. So, you know, he did stop and it was kind of a, a tightly contained event, you know, where he met with uh, border agents and, you know, uh, saw the existing wall. Um, you know, I think a lot of this was overshadowed by other events uh, going on. Um, and some may view it really as just a check the box exercise. But I would say when he got to Mexico, it sounds like he got some concessions from the Mexican government to, 
you know, and their uh, kind of uh, participation in trying to uh, implement some border security. So, you know, I think a lot of the detail was lost in the headlines and all the surrounding events that kind of maybe stole the headlines. But I think this was uh, um, good for President Biden to get this off the list to try and uh, push back from Republicans uh, against their uh, for their calls for him to visit the border. Now, tied into this story, we have heard in recent days articles of impeachment uh, being filed against Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He's pledged not to resign. So how might this play out from here, Shane? Yeah, and this is one of the kind of side stories I was saying that maybe have detracted from um, President Biden's visit to the border. That's right. You know, you have a, a Texas Republican um, who has filed articles of impeachment against the Homeland Security uh, Secretary. Um, you know, and the the articles of impeachment, uh, um, unfortunately, becoming kind of more and more um, a part of what we're seeing in our uh, political universe the past few years. You know, you know, rewind the tape and, you know, Articles of impeachment weren't an annual uh, affair, but it seems to be n- now going that way. Um, I think the reality is is that Secretary Mayorkas will not be impeached, uh, or I should say he may be impeached by the House, but he will not be convicted by the Senate. So as long as uh, he can weather the storm, you know, uh, he will remain Secretary of Homeland Security. You know, um, as of now, I don't know if the House will actually act on these articles of impeachment. Um, I think, you know, as time goes on, there may be more and more pressure and the House may actually act on it. Um, generally, you know, leadership uh, tries to shy away from those votes because it puts some of the membership in in a tough position. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But the, the long term uh, diagnosis, as, as you're asking about, is that, you know, uh, the Senate's not going to um, pursue this action uh, unless there was some new major revelation that we have not seen. So, you know, uh, Secretary Mayorkas will continue uh, to be the secretary uh, as of now. All right. Thank you, Shane, for the clarity there. We'll see how it plays out. You did mention a few moments ago how President Biden, he stopped at the border en route to the summit in Mexico. There he met with his North American counterparts, Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada, as well as President Obrador of Mexico. What exactly was the nature of this particular summit and anything notable in the way of takeaways? Yeah, no, this was... um a summit designed to try and tackle uh, some of the major issues, you know, in the the region: migration, drug trafficking, climate, uh, economic competitiveness. Competitiveness, but uh, you know, I, as as we were talking about, you know, the sideshow uh, may have distracted from um, a lot of these issues. You know, you had at the same time you had. Um, uh, in Brazil, people storming the uh, president's um, uh, residence and, and their Congress to try and, you know, uh, uh, reshape the elections that happened last year there. Um, you had President Biden's revelation of classified material um, in his office, uh, not the White House, a, a, a different office. So, you know, there is um, 
a lot of distraction from what actually happened here. I think, you know, there you saw the Mexican president, you know, at times praise pre, uh, President Biden, um, where he, he said, you know, under your administration that, you know, not one meter of additional border wall fencing has been built. And he meant that as praise. Um but at the same time, he pushed back on uh, President Biden, you know, essentially saying, you know, you have some forgetfulness about some of the promises you've made to us uh, over uh, your your term. So, you know, um, you know, overall, a healthy summit. Uh, but I don't think it produced the results and headlines that the Biden administration was hoping for, uh, partially because of uh, mostly, I would say, because of, of all the distractions um, that uh, maybe uh, took away from the summit. But, you know, I think this was, um, you know, healthy for the region overall, uh, a positive, but, you know, um, I'm not sure it's going to produce any uh, tangible uh, results that we're going to see in the, you know, the coming days or weeks here. All right. Well, Shane, thank you for the recap. It's always interesting to see these meetings amongst world leaders come together. And thank you, Shane, for dropping back by the Washington Weekly Podcast to kick off the year. It was great catching back up with you. A lot here, of course, that we will follow up on throughout the course of 2023, among many other topics. So looking forward to our conversations to come. Thank you, Dan. Always good to be with you. And uh, have a great weekend. Look forward to catching up with you more throughout the course of the year. Likewise. Thank you, Shane. And again, today we have been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. As a reminder to our listeners, as well as our clients of UBS, please be sure to make reference to the latest Washington Weekly publication, which can be located on UBS.com slash Washington Weekly. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that you understand the ways in which we conduct business and that you carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to you about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review Client Relationship Summary provided at UBS.com forward slash Relationship Summary or ask your UBS Financial Advisor for a copy. 